Greetings. Maybe? Hi. Hello. Yay. Hello. Oh, yay. Hello. You know, you know, ever since they updated the app, we haven't had many issues, have we? Shh, shh it'll hear you. Uh, things have been going well yes they have um hello welcome to the whip podcast uh i just wanted to let you all know that like how this is working a little bit because some people might be wondering why we're all like oh hello when we come in so we're uh like party calling each other because we (laughs) across the continent uh so that's what's happening is we're calling each other and all crossing our fingers that we all show up in the call uh so hi here we are (laughs) and this is like a low budget podcast we're like editing no we (laughs) cut it off that's way too much work so like you know those uh youtube uh videos where they do like 50 cuts a minute and you can see where all the cuts are because their faces are like weirdly like twitchy (laughs) (laughs) we don't do that that's right you get a straight raw feed (laughs) who is typing frantically i'm uh tweeting to let people know to ask us questions about beta reading which is what oh we're about i'm today. gonna post about that on my group thank you because i'm sure there's a lot of people who have um questions about that because a lot of my readers like being beta readers and they Ooh. ask about it yeah we're gonna talk all about it it's gonna be great and one sweet day we're gonna get better as a collective <laughs> at asking these questions ahead of time <laughs> planning <laughs> Well, while the while uh, Brie and Athena are doing that, this is a good time to remind our listeners that we are collecting your questions, not just about beta reading, but about like anything creative um, for what we would hope to do at some point, some special AMA style episodes. So you can you can send those our way and you can either send them, um, you know, for the entire group or maybe you've got a question for one of us in particular. It doesn't have to be an entire episode topic is what we're saying. If you've got a single question, we've got maybe more than a single answer because there are generally four of us here mm-hmm. that was my intelligent little <laughs> it was great thanks that was a really wonderful idea cool. <laughs> tell people what we're doing ahead of time did i kill enough time are we good <laughs> i'm good i um well let's introduce ourselves starting with maggie oh i guess yeah. i could have launched into that too yeah hi uh, my name is Maggie Derrick, and I am an author and an artist, and I live in Vancouver, Canada. Uh, I write fantasy and paranormal fiction, usually slash always with featuring queer characters. And I do, uh, like I said, artwork for hire, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And merchandise, and, which I'm and, wearing. And merch. Right I like, Mm-mm. yeah, I love that photo. I was so excited. <laughs> I should have known that was you who bought that shirt when it came through. I was like, <laughs> oh, someone got a baseball shirt. And I should have should have clicked that, that it was great. you. She's just being gay again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just selling all the things. Yeah. That's me. Yep. Buy Maggie's merch. It's the best. Like, Aww. these shirts are so effing comfy. Thanks. Hire Maggie. Yay. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Sob. 
Christina. Yes. Would you like to tell us about yourself? Um, so yes. Hello, I am Athena Wright, and I am an author of New Adult and Contemporary Romance. I am a self-published hybrid author, um, and I write about rock stars and the girls who tame their wild hearts. And, and I live in Toronto, which is so far away from everyone else. It is so far away. <laughs> so being so far away. Yeah, what the heck? I don't know. We're a mess. <laughs> uh, anyways, hello. I am Brianna Keenitz, and I will be your host for this wonderful episode. Um, I live over here in rainy Missoula, Montana. It's not always rainy, but right now it's quite rainy. It's pretty pleasant. Um, I write women kissing in whatever genre I feel like on whatever day. I have some young adult and some new adult. Those aren't genres. They're age groups. But um, I, yeah, I have some sci-fi and some fantasy and some contemporary romance. It's whatever. Just floating in the wind and a book for sale through nine star press oh yeah and i'm traditionally published published through nine star press and you can buy my book because we just racked up some expensive hospital bills last night woo woo um buy my oh, book no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> america what the fuck america um yeah we're all good everybody's fine it's great just expensive um, <laughs> hmm. drinking tea, not alcohol. Sorry, this time it'll be. I'll have a uh, tea for Ray since she is not. By the way, Ray not here with us today. Uh, she's off doing Ray things. Um, so I will have a tea for her. Except it's mate, so she probably wouldn't want me to drink it for her. We'll pretend. Spite drink it. <laughs> Damn it, Ray, this is what you get for not being here. I'm drinking mate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Um, if you don't follow us on Twitter, Ray and I, or I don't know, maybe we haven't really tweeted about it, but Ray likes matcha and I like mate, and we both think they taste like grass, so uh, here we are. <laughs> I think That's that crazy. might, yeah, they all taste like grass. They're all... Plants. They're all plants. They all taste like grass. <laughs> See, me and my mom this continual thing where I like more floral teas and she likes more earthy teas. And I think her earthy teas taste like And she thinks my floral perfume. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm so, going to say your mom's camp. Some of them taste I like, like flowers. So. Mm. Sweet teas always end up having like some kind of weird sugar like rock sugar in them and that just bah I can't I'm I'm an earthy tea I'm on I'm I'm in the same camp as your mom give me that give me that earthy goodness mm. Mm, yeah Irish, Irish breakfast tea all the way mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's Brie I just like my regular tea why do you have to fight about this <laughs> I love all the teas can't we just is our is our episode about tea it is now. <laughs> He's not here. Smooth, smooth. This is Ray's appearance for our episode, talking about tea. Um, <laughs> oh boy, what are we talking about? We're talking about beta reading. Beta, reading. beta readers. Um, 
So I thought we could talk about a lot of things like when to use beta readers and how and where to find them and what you should use them for and uh, how to use their feedback and also how to be a beta reader. Um, mm -hmm. I thought those would all be fun things to discuss today. And I also even have like props and stuff for today. Not that anybody can see them, but I have notes. Oh, you are really good shop. So yeah, for putting this together at 3.30 in the morning, I am on it. That's a right. whole 12 hours more than I do for my planning for my, my <laughs> podcast topics. So <laughs> we take this very seriously. <laughs> I, was, I was sitting half an hour before the podcast. Hey, guys, what's my topic? <laughs> uh, well, chip, chip, guys. Where I, I was just trying to distract myself because I was sitting in the emergency room and I was like, oh, I'm tired and bored and I need to stay awake. Um, yeah. BT dubs, it was my wife in the ER, not me. And she's okay. She's okay. Yeah. Everything's good. Lest, lest anyone was panicking on our behalf, your behalf. Yeah. Your wife is okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Beta reading. Uh, let's first talk about when you should use beta readers. And I think this will be a fun discussion because I have a feeling we all use them differently at different times hit pause tell our readers or listeners tell our what? listeners who may not know what a beta reader is what oh, a beta reader is you're so wise thanks <laughs> uh so beta readers are people uh who you either hire or recruit voluntarily to read your manuscript for you um and give you feedback on it before you publish it that's you, that's pretty much your benchmark is make sure you have beta readers before you publish because if they read it after you, you publish there's not really anything you can do about it well it depends on if you're self-published and ebook published and stuff then you can kind of do something about it but hmm. beta readers before you publish let's let's put that rule out there before we talk about when to have beta readers <laughs> it's kind of like beta beta players for games yeah. where you get you get some people to play it before you're ready to really release they're, it to let you know where it's all wrong with it. They're testing your manuscript for yeah. you so that you can yeah. say this worked and or this didn't work or I did not get this across the way I meant to at all, which mm -hmm. we definitely dive into because, man, I just have these awesome notes here that I'm so excited to share with you all. Holy shit. Then let's get to it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. when do we use beta readers? Do you want me to start? I can start. Yeah. Launch into it. Get us. Um, get us. So I've had a few different uh, methods. I have used Wattpad for beta reading, which is fun. Um, has the drawback of now your stuff is published out on the internet. Um, so it's like kind of a public thing that is just out there. So it's published, uh, but you can still go in and fix stuff as people are saying oh well this is here's a typo and oh my god what do you mean this person jumped 20 feet in the air and they're just a regular human being that's not a real thing um so yeah so, <laughs> well i don't know speak for yourself <laughs> um yeah so uh i guess 
as for the win, like when you're using Wattpad, if you're publishing serially as Maggie and I have done, um, then you're kind of getting your beta readers uh, whenever you publish that onto Wattpad. So for me, it was like I was just line editing to make sure that I didn't have too many typos, which still happened a lot. Um, you need lots of editors, by the way, when you publish a book. <laughs> Don't do it yourself. <laughs> Don't do that shit yourself. You will miss something. And that is like, another, that's an entire episode unto itself. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, so anyways, yeah, I was just, I was putting it out there after line edits and getting beta readers through Wattpad that way, especially because when I was publishing on Wattpad, I wasn't really like, involved in the writing community at all and was just kind of getting my feet wet it was a really good way to start building up relationships with people like maggie um hey hey uh-huh uh and getting feedback on my writing and stuff in like kind of a low stakes manner i guess mm-hmm. um so that's one when and how i guess uh Wattpad and I have also you can just I mean if you're involved in Twitter you just say hey I've got this manuscript it's this genre and it's young adult or new adult or whatever um who wants to beta read it and people be like oh pick me pick me because um beta reading is a really fun and educational experience not always fun but it is always educational I would say um, cause it helps you learn how to look at your own work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just go on Twitter or if you're involved in a writing community somewhere, just say to your writing community, Hey, I have this thing. Will someone read it for me? Um, oh, why am I going into the where to find them? Oh, well, um, it's all happening at once. This is the WitPod. We do what we want. <laughs> um, <laughs> and also, uh, the win, the win was what I was supposed to be talking about. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I didn't get a lot of sleep. Um, <laughs> uh, when, so like I said, line after line edits, I like to do beta reading sometimes. Uh, but usually, if you're gonna go for a more formal call for beta readers, uh, like going out on Twitter and saying, "Hey, I have this manuscript," you want it to be as polished as you can make it before you get someone else's eyes on it. So that way you're getting the highest level of response from them and they're not having to go through and find things that you're like, oh yeah, I just didn't go back and fix that yet because I didn't feel like it. Um, If you go back and fix all those things first and then send it to beta readers, you will get much higher quality beta feedback. I think, so, I for the re for the oh I keep calling our listeners our, our readers and <laughs> fucked up right now. Um for for our listeners to kind of give you a sense of what our experience experiences are. I think all of us have like obviously we're all writers, but I think we've all acted as beta readers for people before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. I know that yeah. I've I've beta read for Athena um a few times and so and I've had- I'm doing one right now from one of my author friends. Like literally this weekend is what my job is, is beta reading it. Yeah. So we're all very familiar with like how to be on both sides of it. And I think 
Um, I think Athena with you, you don't do your like form you like you go through obviously and you don't just hand me a raw copy, but you you do kind of your own edits, then you get your beta feedback before you send it to your professional editor. Cause you're in a different, a slightly different spot. And I, I think it's gonna be different for each type of publication. Like if you are like um Brie where you had an editor through your publisher then obviously that happens out of your hands, et cetera. But I think for Athena, for you, because you're paying your editors, as I understand, you don't do that formal process until after you've made the changes based on your, your beta feedback? Yeah, exactly. So I make the manuscript as good as I can until I can't look at it anymore when I'm done. And then I send it to my betas. I don't send it to an editor first because I pay for my editor and she goes by, you know, she fixes the typos and she says, you know, this sentence didn't make sense. You got to rewrite it. She makes all the nitty gritty details. But if I have a beta reader who says this chapter makes no sense, rewrite it. I had to pay for someone to edit it and then I'm going to rewrite it and I have to pay for someone to edit it again. Mm -hmm. So I wait, I wait until I've completed the manuscript. I've had all my beta feedback. I have rewritten everything and I have my final, final, final version. And then the final, final version is what I send my editor because it means that she's catched all the things that I didn't catch, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. in that, I mean, some, some beta readers are very familiar with uh, what their purpose is. And some, it just might be helpful to make sure you let them know what you need from them. Maybe they're you know, maybe everyone's looking for something different, or maybe they, they haven't done this a lot before. Um, but a beta reader's job isn't to edit your work. And so no, not like, at all. Like Brie was saying, sometimes they can get hung up on if they're, they're catching typos, and it, it starts to distract them from what they're supposed to be doing. And so if you're handing them a slightly rougher copy, it doesn't hurt to let your beta readers know, like, yep, they're going to be typos and all kinds of stuff. Ignore it. I just want you to focus on, you know, the reading experience or, and that's, and that's kind of your call. Like maybe you're just looking for a really raw, um, like how did they respond emotionally? Or maybe there's a specific section you want them to focus on or something. It's totally okay to ask your beta readers to like focus in on something and home in on it. You know what I do? I do A-B testing. I do split A-B testing. So I'll send half of my readers just the manuscript and say, tell me your thoughts. I won't let them know what worries I have. I won't tell them to focus on particular things. I'll just say, you read it and you tell me what you think. And then for the other half, I'll send it to them. And I'll specifically say, I think I might have a problem with pacing in the middle half. Do you think it's slow? Do you think it's fast? Then I have have problem with this potential characterization. Is this character too wishy-washy? And then because they have been told that, it kind of colors their Mm -hmm. perspective where maybe Mm. they wouldn't have noticed. And if I pointed out, then they're like, oh yeah, I see what you mean. And so if I have beta readers who had no instructions and they also pointed that out, then I know for sure, okay, that is a problem. Damn girl. Shit. Yeah. That is, I love that so much. And that ties in really well to the notes things I'll be talking about later. So yeah, you're such a, a marketer. I know. A/B testing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know what else to call it. You split A/B testing. That's what whatever. it is. Yeah. It's just funny. That's all. Yeah. So yeah, um, that's yeah. sort of what I do. No, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Super smart. So, 
Yeah, so you can, I guess, pretty much use them whenever you want, depending on what you want to use them for. I think it's important to remember, though, like, don't keep asking the same people to beta read the same manuscript over and over, especially if you're not paying your beta, beta, your beta readers, <laughs> your beta readers. Um, they're going to get, unless they are really super in love with your manuscript, they're going to get bored. I never ask the same awesome. beta reader to read different versions yeah. ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I mean, if like... they've read version one and then I make some changes and they've read version two, then they're already, they've experienced it in a certain way. And it's not the same as coming in with fresh eyes, you know, mm-hmm. which is a and bad sometimes... thing though, because once I sent my book to every beta reader and then I made tons of changes and I had nobody left to give the second version to. And I was like, Fuck. Yeah. so I had to go find more. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and it's, I mean, you can go back to them and say, you know, if you change something, like, they had a concern about a specific thing, and you were like, oh, well, if I change it this way, will that work for you better? You can do that, but don't be like, oh, here, keep rereading my whole manuscript over and over. You can go back and discuss their concerns with them, just don't keep using the same people over and over, because, like, when I beta read, when I have beta read for people, um... I've always done it for free. Like, I don't, I, for me, like being able to beta read for people is a really big privilege to be able to see someone's manuscript and to learn from their writing process um, before they published it. And that's a lot of trust to put in someone to be like, here's my whole manuscript, um, rip it apart. So, uh, I mean, being a paid beta reader is fine. I don't have issue with it, but for me, it's just like, Nah. It also that's that's, <laughs> that's actually a question I had because I have some writer friends who are in the middle of this process and they asked. So people just like read your shitty first copy for free? Like you don't pay them? They just like volunteer to read it? And mm-hmm. like why? And actually, that was kind of my question because I do beta read, but I beta read for my author friends and we kind of critique mm-hmm. swap. And that's why I do it, mm-hmm. you know, like tit for tat. I do you a favor, you do me a favor. Yeah. If I just yeah. had an author that I liked, say you know, hey, I'm going to give you my really shitty first draft. Let me know what you think. I'd be like, no, I want to read the good version. I don't want to read the bad version. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it that's that's a lot of it too, is the tit for tat, like, hey, I'll help I'm you out this yeah. now. And, you know, later down the road when I have something, I'm sure you'll help me out. It'd be great. Yep. Um, yeah, so it's kind of also building relationships yeah. with other authors. Like, I've been on both sides of it. I've done free beta reading and I've done and I also charge for beta reading and I think the only people I have ever beta read for free for are friends um like yeah I've been you know I, I beta read for people I know who it, that like you said that tit for tat like I know that they'll help me out later um if they're complete strangers then I'm charging and that and that's just mm-hmm. and it, it's exactly like I don't know that and maybe some listeners are like, well, that's not fair, but you know, you like, let's be real. You'd probably do the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. And it, and I think what also helps is it changes your mentality. Like when you're beta reading for a friend or somebody, you know, you've got that sense of familiarity already. Your, your notes may not be super, um, you know, you may, you, you might approach it differently than if it's a stranger mm-hmm. and if a stranger's paying you money, like I had this one client, um, and they sent me their uh, middle grade 
manuscript and it was rough like it was <laughs> and I can I can very distinctly um like I know how I would have approached it if it this had been a friend of mine versus the fact that this was a client and someone who was paying me and so I it made me approach something that I nor like I would never have I would have had trouble finishing it had this person not been paying me like that was the <laughs> that, was, that probably mm-hmm. sounds really really terrible and potentially unprofessional but like you know when someone's giving you money for it then suddenly because mm-hmm. I've, I've sent beta copies out to people and never heard back from them like that that has happened to me but they're friends and I know oh, that yeah. their lives get busy so I'm not going to chase them down for it I understand whereas when someone has given you money for it you understand that like I have to I have to do this and I have to do this well um mm-hmm. so it definitely changes that dynamic um and so, like I said, if it was a friend who had sent me that manuscript, I, I probably, rather than going through and giving that nitty gritty detail, I probably would have just been like, friend, <laughs> overall, here's what I'm seeing. And you just need to go back to the drawing board and like, it needs more work before you're even ready to send it out to people. Is what mm-hmm. it, I, like, I would have given much more top level feedback versus what I wound up doing for this person. Um, and then the, you know, you know, for the ending of that story, the client was like, I see what you're saying, but I've also had some friends say they like it the way it is. So I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's totally your prerogative totally. to like, yeah. ignore. especially if you're paying, if you're getting paid, it's like, what do you care if they ignore your feedback or not? Like, mm, you're paying for sure. Me. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my opinion. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah definitely. Like does change the dynamic of how you're beta reading and like you're gonna wind up so when I beta read um I don't know why I'm struggling so much with beta read as a term (laughs) uh I pick up manuscripts that I know I'm gonna like Mm -hmm. because I'm doing it for free I'm not gonna go in and read something that I'm like I don't like this um and I'm, like you said, if I don't like it, I'm probably not going to finish beta reading it. Uh, but if you're getting paid, you're definitely going to wind up with reading stuff that you don't enjoy or, like, have interest in. And I think even just that is going to change your dynamic of, like, reading something you don't like or something that you wouldn't necessarily read outside of yes. getting paid to do so it changes the way, like, just the way you're looking at that manuscript as, like, it's going to be more technical and less, oh, my God, I love this. Oh, this character's so cute. Oh, look at them being all men. Yeah, and sometimes it's nice to have that, like, unbiased feedback because sometimes, you know, if you've Mm -hmm. got a friend who is your cheerleader all the time, maybe, you know, maybe that's going to color the way that they they give you your your feedback uh, or what kind of feedback they give you. Um, and you also brought a point that I feel like I should clarify too. When I, when I'm promoting my beta reading services for clients whom I'm going to charge, I I try to be fairly clear about what I will and will not read because I, you know, I remember someone giving me, uh, for just for review, a, it was a high fantasy novel series. I like fantasy, but high fantasy gets a little bit too much for me and it ended up being it did not finish because I was like I don't care and if I had been doing that as a beta read like that would have been really unfair I think to the the reader uh, you know and it's the same as if you're participating in Wattpad book clubs 
Um, Brie, I know you've been in the same sort of situation where you're, you're being tasked with your weekly assignment of reading a book that you would never have picked up and you oh. hate it just because it's not what you would normally read. And then it ends up coloring the kind of feedback you give. Uh, and I can't tell you how many times in the early edition where I had people through book clubs reading The Star in the Ocean and just instantly knowing that it was a queer book and being like, yeah, and they didn't like, you know, because they were homophobic being oh. like, oh, and just letting that color, they you know, weren't even paying attention. They're just like, this isn't the type of book I would normally read. And, you know, so, like, you don't want to do that to a writer that you want to be beta reading for. Like, imagine you want, you want to beta read and you want to give your manuscript to people who might actually pick up your book and, and buy it and read it. Because mm-hmm. giving it to someone who would never touch it, then your feedback is going to be super weird and not, re- not super relevant, I think. That's the thing. You need people who read in your genre because yeah. they know. They know what yeah. the tropes are. They know what the characterization usually is. They know what the pacing should be. Like They're used to reading the type of book that you're trying to write. Yeah. The feedback you would get from yeah. a high fantasy writer or like if a beta reader who only read high fantasy tried to read my books that are contemporary romance, their feedback would be useless because they don't get what I'm trying like, what to do, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think it comes mm-hmm. to, down to like, you don't necessarily want to give your manuscript to just anybody. You want to make sure that they, they're providing an accurate, like kind of, kind of to come back to Athena's marketing jargon. Like you want to make sure that you're, you're, finding someone within your target market. Mm-hmm. I think though it can also be helpful to have someone if they're willing to read outside of their comfort zone a little bit. That feedback can be helpful in a more technical sense than they're going to read your manuscript more technically and see like, oh, this pacing is weird or the scene, why is this even here? Like they're going to bring up different questions than people who are comfortable with the genre would and I mean it's still going to be the usefulness of their feedback can still be limited but they can still have useful things for sure I just say I just think they shouldn't be if that's what you're going to do and that's what you're going for just don't let them be your only Mm. beta reader yeah absolutely lots get lots of beta readers if you're going to get yeah if you can it's important but not more than 20 Mm. there's a certain point (laughs) there's a certain point where everybody's feedback ends up being different and conflicting and you just don't know who to believe. Mm-hmm. You just get really confused. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So where are we, can we move on to where we find our beta readers? We've kind of already talked about it a little bit, but you're the boss. You tell us what. Okay. Let's talk about like, I mean, I've already said like Wattpad and Twitter is pretty much where I get my beta readers right now. Um, if I, when I have, things for people to read jesus <laughs> um yeah so i use wattpad it's pretty i feel a little bad for using wattpad as like a beta thing because i kind of feel like i'm using people um but i guess it's not really any different than getting beta readers off twitter that i am also having beta read my stuff i mean days, so. like technically if you go on to my wattpad you'll see that i list the star in the ocean and the wind and the horizon as um as beta versions because my intent is to eventually take what I've learned and make those manuscripts better based on that feedback. Mm -hmm. So I, like, I, I try to be upfront, but I think, um, I think on Wattpad, I mean, they're getting to read books for free Mm -hmm. and I, and I, and I don't know, maybe, maybe listeners might have a different 
thought on the matter, but I, I kind of feel like it's not that big. I think it might be just the nature of the beast. Like you're yeah. going to leave a comment on a book and you got I, to read for free. Like uh, if the author takes that yeah. and then chooses to do something constructive with it, is it really, is it a bad thing? I don't know. I've never. Yeah. 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 And I think I feel less weird about it than I, when I first started on Wattpad now that, I mean, cause I've been on Wattpad and I've commented on, tons of people's stuff and through book clubs and stuff I've given lots of people feedback um and I've made sure that people who contributed a lot to like off pitch which I originally published on Wattpad and then had traditionally published um I made sure that people who were instrumental in helping me make good changes in that book were mentioned in the acknowledgments and stuff so that's another thing you can do is just like tip of the hat to people who beta read for you put them in your acknowledgments because I've been there and it's pretty exciting to see your name in someone else's book. Like, ah, hey, that was me. Guns. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. Just be upfront with your beta readers, I guess, is that the world. Um, Athena, where do you get your beta readers from? Well, the places I get them now are different than the places I got them when I first started. And I feel like it might be kind of good to show of kind of progression so there are probably a lot of authors right now who they're not where I am they're just starting out and they don't have a uh, they don't have um, a Wattpad you know audio and I found people I, I went on Goodreads and I found groups of um, basically groups of contemporary romance specifically with like different different kind of like, you know, sub-genres, sub-niches, and they use threads of people offering to beta read. And so I went on Goodreads, and I found those people, and I said, hey, because you are in this group and you liked these books, I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind beta reading, you know, some of my stuff. And I got really good beta readers that way at the very, very beginning. So Goodreads is kind of a good place to go. And then once I had my first book out, people would mark on goodreads yes i read to read this and athena where'd you go oh no oh no, oh, no. well maybe this is a good time to take a break and then we'll yeah have, you know through the magic of lazy editing you won't e you dear listener won't even know <laughs> you will uh but we'll, we'll come back <laughs> and we'll have athena with us Okay. okay. All okay. right. See you soon. Bye. Dun 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 dun. I'm back. Maybe. Athena. Uh, uh, guys, oh. hear me? Am I here? <laughs> You're here. We did it. <laughs> I got kicked off, and I have no idea when I was babbling, and then I reached the end of my babble, and I was like, "So, what do you guys think?" And I got no answer because nobody was there. <laughs> See, um, this is what happens when you say, "Look how well Anchor's been working." <laughs> so, oh. what's the last thing that I said? Uh, that you, you were you just starting to tell us your progression of how your how you have found your beta readers in the past and how you're finding yeah. them. Yeah, and I think the last thing you had said is like after you published your first book. So you'd already done the Goodreads thing and then you looked at people who had read your first book. Okay, yeah. So people who had read my first book um, would usually mark my second book as want to read. 
And because they wanted to read the second book, then I would go to them and I would say, hey, because you liked book one and because you're looking forward to book two, would you mind beta reading? So, yeah. So first you go to threads on Goodreads of people who are offering the beta read. And then you find people who are specifically interested in your book, you know? That is a very interesting strategy. I don't know that I've ever... I mean, mostly because I think for Bree and I, it's probably pretty similar. Like we've got this Twitter-based writing community. And so we just kind of tap into that. I've never, uh, I didn't really know that that was a thing. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah, I have like a phobia of Goodreads at this point, so. Yeah, me too. I hate Goodreads. But at the <laughs> beginning, at the beginning, it's kind of the, the main thing for That's published authors. I know. be really helpful for people starting out. Yeah. The other thing too, if you if you have a budget and you're able to pay people, um, some a service as simple as Fiverr, you'd be amazed. Like that's where um, you know under my legal name, I I offer beta reading services as well as like under my pen name on my website. But I go on Fiverr, and there are tons of beta readers, and you can you know go through and find people who match what you're writing as well. And the nice thing about Fiverr is you know it's a little bit cheaper perhaps than. Mm-hmm authors you might find elsewhere. Um, so if you've got a small budget to work with and you've got the ability to, to pay a, a beta reader, that's one place that you can look as well. Um, another thing I did was I would research other authors in my genre, which were really easy because I'm a huge fangirl of Rockstar Romance as well as a writer. So I was like, oh my God, I love your books. You're so amazing. And they'd be like, oh, thank you so much. You're very sweet. And, you know, we'd get to talking, <laughs> you know, hey, crazy person, thank you. And so we'd get to talking a bit. And then I would ask, you know, like I'm specifically looking for beta readers or editors or arc readers who are familiar with the rock star genre, who know the tropes, who know what I'm aiming for. Like, do you have anybody who you think would be interested? And that's how I found a couple people. Um, and then once you get, enough of a fan base you start having p- people who come to you and say hey I'm a beta reader for so and so and so and so um I'd love to beta read for you and I have a couple beta readers who also beta for some like pretty good names and I was like oh this is this is mm, this is flattering <laughs> I'm kind of a big deal this is amazing <laughs> like, thank you so after a while they sort of come to you so yeah I use um a lot of my not a lot but I use some other friends because you know it's like a tit for tat thing so yeah a, a lot of different places that I get beta readers so the goal is to become a big enough deal that your beta readers come to you <laughs> suppose so but you know then, then the problem is they really really like you and so they might not be as tough on yeah. you yeah yeah so you still have to get the people who will like like this one author friend who hates everything <laughs> which is great because she tears everything apart and usually she's right she's almost always right mm-hmm. well that's like you know when you you're beta reading all my chapters ahead of time and like you're the the queen of tough love because like we've known each other forever and I know you've always got my best interests at heart, but sometimes you're like, what the fuck, Maggie? <laughs> Any sense that this is what's going on. And I had to laugh the other day because I just published publicly a chapter that um, one of the last ones I had to completely rewrite based on your feedback. And I had a comment from a reader saying, um, oh, I'm really glad you addressed this. I was, uh, you know, it would have been really weird if it had just kind of glossed over it. I was like, woo. Glad I listened to Athena. <laughs> Dodged that bullet. <laughs> Dang. So listen to your beta readers. Even if you don't like their feedback, they're on to something. Mm-hmm. You know? 
Yeah. Ooh, that segues well into our next topic, if we're good to move on. Yeah. I think so. I don't really have anything intelligent to add, so yeah. What to ask of your beta readers. (laughs) Oh, God, sorry. Uh, And uh, how to use their feedback. Um, So I really like Athena's suggestion of having an A and a B group, having like your kind of baseline group who's just reading it with no... um, idea of what they're going into and not giving them any like direction or anything I think that's super helpful because I know when I've beta read or I've had people beta read for me um it's been like well do I how much do I want to tell these people how much direction do I want to give them and like do I want to taint their opinion of what they're reading before they even start or do I just say here you go have fun um so I really like having the idea of having two groups where you can give some of them here you go have fun and give some of them hey um i'm really afraid that this character is just the worst thing ever created please help (laughs) um so yeah i'm um you want to keep in mind when you're asking people to beta read like take everything that you're giving people or that they're giving to you with a grain of salt because everybody is different. And like you said, Athena, if you get 20 beta readers, they're all saying conflicting things. And now you're like, well, what the fuck? (laughs) That happened to me with my last one. I had quite a few beta readers because I was like, this one has to be good. I'm like, this one is like so important to me. Like it has to be great. Mm -hmm. And then like every single one had pointed out something that none of the other ones had pointed out. And I was Uh, like, but I don't, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and one person will be like, oh, why isn't this person happier and more fluffy? And the other person's like, make them darker. And you're like, ah. <laughs> this is why like always have an odd number of beta readers so you have a tiebreaker. <laughs> oh. Hey, these people are arguing, please help. <laughs> um, yeah, so make sure that you're keeping that in mind when you're going through your beta reading feedback and when you're recruiting your beta readers and stuff um just remember everybody's different everybody has their own opinions same with your reviewers not everybody's gonna like everything you're doing and if someone says something someone makes a beta comment about your book like you don't have to accept it it's like what you said maggie with the person with the client you had who was like um thanks but no that's oh that's okay you can do that (laughs) <laughs> yeah then, when you're the beta reader it's kind it's it's so nice because it's super hands-off too to be just like all right like that's your you prerogative can, you can have this comment or you could not I threw it out there you can use it or not I don't really care it's also good to know sort of I don't know it's good to know what your beta reader is like and what kind of yeah. things they like and what kind of things they don't like um as yeah. an example I have um one beta reader author friend who loves to write very long like just the characters just being with each other she says she's allergic to plot it's just scene and chapter after chapter after chapter of the characters just like talking at each other (laughs) (laughs) which you know what some romance readers love because they just love being with the characters you know just listening to them and like reading them just the fluff watching them just banter back and forth and being cute or being angsty together like it's great but like to me there's a certain point where I'm like all right because I read one of hers and I was like everything between 30 
90% and 60% of this book could be condensed into like three chapters. <laughs> so, so when she reads mine and she says, you know, you need more space here. You need more this. You need more that. I take it with a grain of salt because I'm like, yeah, I can probably use some more scenes where it's less plotty and like more like laid back and just the characters just kind of chilling. But also, I'm not going to have 10 chapters of that, as you suggested, you know? So it's yeah, good to know like, what they're like and what they yeah. like. It's, I think that's why it's really helpful to have like a critique partner that you've built a relationship with or like Maggie and Ray and I are reading each other's stuff all the time and we're all learning how, what kind of feedback we want from each other and what's helpful and what's not. So it's really helpful to have people who are willing to continue that beta reading critiquing relationship with you so you know what you need from each other when you're critiquing each other's work exactly um, and I think to build that relationship it's really important with new beta readers who you haven't worked with before to do like meta feedback sort of like feedback about your feedback where it's like well um what's you can even just talk to each other like what do you need from me or you know Ask your beta readers, what do you need from me as a writer? As a reader, ask from the writer, what do you need from me? Just make sure that you have that open line of communication so you can make a good relationship and that you're both being as useful to that story as you can be. I have a question that I want to, I basically just want to float to both of you. Um, now, you could make the argument that if you're asking for beta readers, then you're at least self-aware enough to know that your manuscript needs work. But... As someone who, um, you know, and we'll use that previous <laughs> client as an example, but as someone who does do this for strangers as well, um, I do occasionally have clients who reach out who think that they're, they're it's almost like they're just checking off the box, um, but they think that their manuscript is basically perfect the way it is. Mm. And so like those people, they're not asking for anything in particular, and uh, like, you know, we can guess at what kind of feedback they think they're going to get from their beta readers. But um, what would you, what would you say to, because, you know, keeping in mind that what we're saying is letting, let your beta readers know what you're looking for. What do you, what are your thoughts about people who don't think that they, their work needs anything <laughs> and, and how to perhaps, um, you know, what are your recommendations to those people? Because there are, there are lots of them. And I think a lot of us maybe have even been those people once upon a time. Um, <laughs> I know I was once upon a time, there was a time when I could not take constructive criticism and I thought everything I put out there was infallible. So believe me, I'm coming from a place of understanding um, or to the, the beta reader who is receiving a manuscript from that type of person. What kind of, any words of wisdom, any <laughs> I think this is people? where communication, just like Bree said, is really important. Where if I was receiving a beta manuscript to read from an author, I would specifically and you know, I would ask them, What things do you think need improvement? Like what things do you think might not be a hundred percent? What are you concerned about that you would like me to address and keep an eye out for? And what things do you think are perfect and great the way they are? What things do you think are like just just the way that you want them to be so I can keep an eye out for that and see if it works for me as a reader because for one of my books one of my earlier rockstar books I would have said at the time I'm great with pacing like 
maybe I'm not quite so good with character motivations. Maybe I'm a little bit not good with that, but my pacing is spot on. And now I look back and I'm like, my pacing is awful. I'm terrible at it. Oh my God, it was the worst. So if I had actually had a beta reader ask me, what do you think works and what do you think doesn't? I would have said, well, I'm great at this and I'm not great at that. And if they had said, you know what? You think you are, but <laughs> yeah. I would have had to take a second look and been like, oh, you know what? Like, oh, maybe so I kind of suck at this. Yeah. I think if you were going to put your work out there in the world um, as an author in any format, you need to be prepared that your work is never, ever, ever going to be perfect. Um, even if you put it out there and you're like, this is the greatest book ever written and you can all bow down and worship me. Three months later, when you're working on your next manuscript, you're going to look at that and go, holy shit, I hate this. Yes, um, I hate all my previous <laughs> books. I think they're right? all completely awful. And that's my current book is amazing thing. and my last book is awful. So Yeah, like <laughs> it's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean that the other thing you wrote is bad. It just means that you're growing um yes I have a I have a reader who is still a reader now and she read my very 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 first one and she raves about it she's like it's amazing it's so great and I'm like oh god no it's not (laughs) oh what what are you smoking are you high but then again I have author friends who I've read their very 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 first works and I'm like oh god I loved it so much it was like my favorite it touched me it moved me and they just think oh god but that was like my first work it's so bad and I'm like no it was great yeah (laughs) so it's like even if you feel that your stuff is perfect right now further on down the road you're gonna change and it's not gonna be perfect anymore and even like when you're even when you're in that spot where you're like this is perfect and it's the greatest thing ever and I'm so excited to put it out in the world someone is gonna find something and pick on it and you're gonna just be devastated or not if you're an awesome person um if you have dragon hide uh (laughs) yeah it's just just no it's not perfect because everybody's different it's not perfect for everybody it's probably not going to be perfect for you forever so if you are that author who is looking at your work and going oh i will never be that way just know we love you and we understand but you're wrong (laughs) Okay, and I think you also just tapped in on something super, super, super important um, that I think is worth highlighting here. And that is um, beta reading, despite the fact that it's, these are people that you you trust in a a certain, you know, likely you trust (laughs) more than just like an anonymous reader. Um, What you're going to get back from them is going to be constructive criticism. And hopefully beta, the p- person you have reached out to is um, good at providing that constructive criticism. Everyone's means of doing that is going to be different, personalities, et cetera, but it's going to hurt in the beginning. Maybe always, maybe you're the type of writer who never really gets that thick skin. Um, maybe you're just starting out and you've never received constructive criticism before it's going to be super important if this is your first time that you take a step back and you, you kick your ego out the door because a beta reader's job is to be blunt with you and be honest about what is and is not working. And there's going to be shit in there. That's not working. And maybe they're really, maybe they're super blunt about the way they deliver that to you. And maybe it's going to slap you in the face and make you feel like, 
a failure or maybe you're going to be insulted because that was the part that you really liked. Maybe you think your beta reader is dumb because they didn't get it. But you Oh, I have so much like I'm called <laughs> out right now. <laughs> because I have this well, like one of my books that I thought was so great. I had a reader say, this makes no sense. It's so unbelievable. This is like not basically she said, this is unbelievable. And I don't think this is actually what could possibly happen in real life. And I was like, but it's my personal experience. How can you say that it's not believable? Like I, this is me. But then I thought, you know what? Like, just because my experience, like, it doesn't mean everybody else would experience it that way. And, you know, maybe she's right. Other people haven't lived my life. And maybe it does sound unbelievable to them. So I have to make that change so that other people can get the get the feeling and the meaning of what I meant to get across, even if the details aren't the same. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, because that's the whole point of a beta reader. It, and that's why this it's so important to take a step back and and take a breath because you got to remember this is the whole reason you're doing beta reading is so that you get that honest author or reader feedback and if a reader is sitting there or multiple readers are coming back and telling you something about this isn't working you know you can sit back and say that they're all stupid as much as you want but when it goes out to the greater you know, mass publication or whatever the case may be, then you're going to have a bunch of people picking up on the same things. It's their job to tell you when something isn't working. And it's your job as an author to sit back and say, okay, maybe I disagree with you, but you're the reader. So what isn't quite working? And I were like, I've talked about this so many times, but I remember when I first sent the like first five chapters of the original version of the star in the ocean to Athena and she ripped it apart which was great, but it was, I like, <laughs> like, I think I made the mistake of looking at your feedback while I was at work too. And I was like, <laughs> I need a moment. Like, <laughs> I just felt like such a failure. And this is I've done that before. I'll get an email, like I'll get an email and it'll be like a Word doc and it'll have all the changes. And I'll just like, I want to see, I want to see, I want to see quickly, quickly. And I'll open it. And like every single line has a note. And I'm just like, oh, why did I do that? I just ruined my day. I made a terrible I mistake. Been, I should have been prepared <laughs> for this. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, and, and, you know, for me, the star in the ocean was such a personal and like, it's a story I've been sitting on for so long. I was just like, she doesn't understand. And what helped was that like, Athena <laughs> and I have been friends since the ninth grade. So I was like, okay, she one, isn't trying to hurt me. And two, she knows what the hell she's talking about. So I need to sit back and, and think, about what she's telling me because clearly something's not working. And when I was able to finally like remove my ego from the equation, I was able to make a bunch of changes that really, really made the story better and stronger, but I wouldn't have been able to do without that. But it was just that it, it's shitty at first. You just got to push through. Not everything is going to be valid. You're going to make, you're going to look at some reader feedback and be like, eh, that's just your opinion. <laughs> You don't have to take it all, but sometimes there are glaring things that you have to address and you have to look at it from your reader's perspective if you were intending to give it to readers to read because that's your audience. You can't ignore them. (laughs) They're not just going to passively look at your work and not feel things about it. Yeah. That's not the point of reading. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, that's really good. I think I remember that day, actually. I feel like I remember you messaging and being like, uh, <laughs> or like you were tweeting or something and you were just devastated. There have like, been a lot of those days. <laughs> <laughs> Less so now. Fewer, fewer now. Fewer now, for sure. Um, but then every so often when I do have those chapters where you're like, no, I'm like, I almost feel like I'm <laughs> right back at the beginning again. And I have to be like, uh... no. I have to, she's right. This hasn't happened in a while. Get over yourself. (laughs) See, I always say, this is my my saying, is that being an artist means, you know, swinging between delusions of grandeur and crippling self-doubt. So whenever I get really bad feedback, at at the beginning, I'm like, oh god they don't understand but then I'm like you know what they're right I'm shit I'm trash that's why I don't I don't mind reading one star reviews of my work because I read it and I read their comments and I'm like yep you totally spot on the nose you're right oh that's just devastating (laughs) I'm able to take that and be like you know what yeah yeah you're right yeah Yeah. next time I I gotta fix that next time it's just so painful because it's like oh it's already out there and now I hate myself Oh. Well, if you think you suck to begin with, then it's kind of like validation. Uh-huh. <laughs> you were right. I it's was like, right. I knew that sucked. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that way of looking at it. Thanks, Athena. Yeah. <laughs> this therapy session brought to you by the Whip Pod. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we've talked about. I think we've pretty much covered like what what you want to look at from your beta readers like give some people just like fresh look here you go tell me what you think give some people some direction if you don't have enough people to do that maybe just figure out if there's some really big glaring things that you want them to look at and otherwise just let them look at it fresh unless you have you really just need your beta readers to look at something specific for you and just give them that specific thing to look at um i guess so have a plan of what you're gonna do with your beta readers uh don't just be like oh i don't know i'm just doing this don't like maggie said don't just check off the box and like oh yeah someone beta read it for me but i didn't look at their feedback that's kind of a waste of everybody's time so um yeah just figure out what you need from them and then tell them what you need and um yeah I like we said before editing isn't usually something beta readers will do I like to edit a little and it depends on what I am editing for too like Maggie you just had that story that you submitted and I did some editing in there for you because I knew you were just kind of like in a rush I need to throw this out there so I was like ah I'll do some edit and it was a short story so it was like easy to throw some editing in there but if it's like a huge full book manuscript like don't worry about the editing unless it's something that someone like phrased so weird that you couldn't understand what they were saying. Um, that's usually stuff that I ask for my beta readers or I'll do as a beta reader is like, I don't understand what these words are supposed to mean. <laughs> Not like, oh, I don't know the definition of this word, but like you strung these together in such a way that I don't really know what's happening right now in the story. Um, that's helpful beta feedback. (laughs) Um, yes. Anything else that you guys ask of your beta readers? I guess it just kind of depends on the situation. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's anything specific that we haven't covered that comes up all the time. But yeah, I just think, I think if like, we're kind of coming to the end of it, my, my one piece of I do. I, I have more. Oh, but wait, there's more. I have promised oh. everybody a wonderful prize of, um, I'm just so proud of this thing that I got from this conference, um, the conference that we all went to. Um, oh, yeah. And I, I showed it to you guys because I remember coming out of this workshop and being like, you guys, look at this awesome postcard thing that I got that's like the oh, most yeah. magical writing tool I've ever received in my life. Um, so last October we were all at the uh, Surrey International Writers Conference in Surrey, British Columbia uh, and I went to a workshop with Mary Robinette Kowal uh, and I don't remember what the workshop was entitled something about feedback and I think it was supposed it was generally about like editing and how to rewrite and edit your work and uh, we had a big section on how to use critique partners and beta readers and stuff. And she gave us this postcard that I want to share at least kind of a rundown of with everybody because it is the greatest thing in the world. (laughs) So, um, yes, and I will include her information. So Mary has a Patreon up. She gives lots of helpful write tips. I highly recommend it. And I will put it up in our resources page so that people can go find out more. She has all kinds of really super useful, like really distilled, like mathematical science ways of using feedback and like looking at your writing and um, looking at your own, like reactions to your own writing and stuff. Um, So go check out her Patreon. And so... She says for manuscript critiques from beta readers or from uh, critique partners or from editors, whomever, um, think of your, think of it as a clinical trial, kind of like what Athena was saying with her A and B groups. Like think, think of this as you're doing your clinical trials of your manuscript to make sure that it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. Um, Because you have a certain idea for your story, whatever you're writing, when you go in to write it, or by the time you finish it, hopefully, (laughs) you should have that idea before you send it out to your beta readers, because if you don't know what you're going for, then they won't know what you're going for, and everybody's confused, and you maybe need to go back to the drawing board. Um, So figure out what you are trying to say in your book, and then when, or in your manuscript, whatever you're writing. story stuff tweet <laughs> what oh god <laughs> you got this you can do this i believe in you um so know what that is so that when you get your feedback from people no matter what they're saying you can look at it and say okay is this pertinent to the thing that i'm trying to achieve are they saying that i didn't achieve it in this way and that can be really difficult because sometimes like when I'm giving Maggie feedback on her, um, whatever she's writing, a lot of it is just me screaming about how much I love her characters, um, which I realize is not always useful, but it can be useful if you know how to use it. (laughs) Stream of consciousness. Oh my God, Maggie, no. Um, 
that can be helpful too because if you wanted someone to be in that moment like oh my god no then you know that you did what you set out to do and if they said oh my god no and that was not what you wanted to happen there then you know you need to go back and change something so that's how you kind of use your clinical trial beta readers and or critique partners um so uh she mary robinette koal says there are three categories of critique um there is a symptom such as someone will say maybe this is my reaction and they don't necessarily know what they're reacting to but because you know what you were trying to accomplish in that particular part of a scene or with that particular line or something they might have said something that like oh this is off from what I was intending to do so this is the symptom of like oh why did you say oh my god no when I wanted you to say oh my god yes you can see that's a symptom and then you can go back and do the second part, which is diagnosis. And you can say, this is why um, this wasn't working. And then prescription, this is how I fix it. So symptom, diagnosis, prescription. Sometimes you will only get the symptom from your reader, like the, oh my God, why? Um, sometimes you will also get the diagnosis from your beta reader. Like um, I, see what you were trying to do here, but I don't think it worked because blah, blah, blah. And sometimes if you're really lucky, your beta reader will also give you the prescription of, I see what you were trying to do here. Um, and I, but I also feel it didn't work because of this thing. Here's how I think you should fix it. So that's your ultimate beta reader feed, feedback right there. And as a beta reader, being able to give that feedback is also super helpful. For the record, um, you're both very good at that. Oh, thank I you. received that comment from both of you. We were like, I, I see where you were, what you were trying to do, but nah, and maybe you should try this. And I'm always like, thanks. Although yeah. there is a well-known quote, I think it might be Neil Gaiman, I'm not sure. If somebody tells you what's not working, believe them. If they tell you how to fix it, don't believe them because readers yeah. readers aren't always writers yeah and that's actually the next point on this card is that like and that's where you have to take your beta feedback with a grain of salt is like here's and I always as a beta reader I always give it in that manner too it's like well here's a suggestion that I have for fixing it maybe you can use it or not I don't care um but on Mary Robinette Kowal's guide to manuscript critiques she says stick to the symptoms and much you can ignore the rest unless it's something really great that you agree with um you're mostly just looking for oh my god this isn't working because it's really up to you as a writer and you don't want to lose your voice to your critique partners or your beta readers voice so if they give you how to fix it um make sure that you're still you're not just taking word for word what they said you're making it your voice and fitting it in with your writing because <laughs> otherwise it's just kind of awkward plagiarism yay <laughs> um yeah so stick to the symptoms of oh my god this thing isn't working um and then it's up to you to figure out the why and the how to fix it um if that makes sense does that make sense yeah ah. yay <laughs> 
feel like I'm babbling a lot. Um, no, it's yeah, good. Yeah. This is like yeah, being yeah. in school, except cooler. Yeah, I freaking love this card, guys. You won't even know. Um, yeah, so look at the, this thing isn't working, and then the rest of it, It's that's the part you take with a grain of salt, is like, well, was their suggestion helpful? What other ways can I fix this? Um, or maybe they think that it's going wrong for some reason that's not the actual reason it's going wrong. Like, say, I feel like this scene didn't work because they pushed this character off the cliff, but maybe the actual problem was that it was the wrong character who pushed the other character off the cliff. I don't know. Make sure you're looking, looking at all your options when someone says something is wrong and not just saying, oh, you're right. Here, I'll just fix it exactly as you said it. Think about what you're doing because it's your story and you want to not just make it your beta reader story. Yes. Um, duh, duh, duh. Yes. Um, because, and your beta readers don't always know your intent and stuff in that moment. So, yes. Stick to the symptoms of this thing isn't working. Uh, and some symptoms that you might see uh, when you're getting critiques is like, oh, this is awesome. Great. Uh, then you usually don't need to do anything with it. Yay. Hot uh, damn. Unless you didn't want that moment to be awesome. And then you're like, wait, why are you saying this is awesome? Either you have a problem in your story or you have a, a scary, like, oh, yay, you murdered this person. This was awesome. And then you should be maybe worried about the people that you murdered using as critique partners and maybe <laughs> you're be the next person on my favorite murder. Who knows? Ah! <laughs> Insert murder podcast here. <laughs> um, yes. So if it's awesome, great. You probably don't need to fix it. If they are bored uh, with your story, it's probably a pacing issue. You probably have stuff you need to cut out or move around. Um, or you might even need to add something to make that moment more clear and interesting to the reader. So if they're bored, um, figure out why. They may be confused about what is happening in that moment. It may be the way you wrote something, like I said, um, just the way that you wrote words made absolutely no sense. It's like, this isn't the language that I'm reading. Or um, it may be like, some of your information in a scene got out of order so you had a character come running in and suddenly the reader is supposed to care about that character but they have no idea who that person is um then you have some information out of order so i want to interject something interesting see i like how you said that oh if this is boring then you have to up like a pacing issue and this kind of happened to me and it comes back to the whole having a good relationship with your beta reader and knowing what they like and what they don't because I was writing my current one and I'm writing the first few chapters and I'm thinking to myself oh my god like so-and-so would hate this they would say it is so slow and I know that about them and so I looked at my book and I was like you know what like it is pretty slow I think I have to condense this and rearrange some scenes because they're right they haven't even told me anything but I know mm -hmm. what they would say because mm -hmm. they said that about other things that are similar. So if you have used betas enough times, you can start spotting those problems yourself. Mm -hmm. That is so true. There's so much I have learned. 
I'm always telling Athena how much she's taught me and she's like, I don't understand. Yep. <laughs> how have I taught yep. you things? And I'm like, it's just the type of um, comments that you leave that in the beginning you were leaving a lot of and I'll be writing and even things like putting that or just in all the time. And I'm like- Without all the that's and all the just. Yeah, <laughs> Athena's gonna rip this apart. See, I do that really well now. I'll write a sentence and then I'll look at it and immediately like sentence by sentence as I'm writing, I'll rewrite it because I know what I just wrote was a very bad sentence. Not good words. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel the same way. I've learned so much from my beta readers and my editors and stuff just like, wow. And I, it really has changed my writing. So like upgraded my writing so much to have other people, like you said, they're, in your head but not in a bad way like Mm -hmm. oh right this isn't how we do this thing this is a better way yeah so another symptom is disbelief this is the troll's favorite symptom uh (laughs) of uh excuse me you can't okay so here's an example i recently had someone um on unbecoming humans on wattpad which has been up for uh, like a couple years now yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know um, whoa yeah two years in june like fuck whoa um time uh <laughs> how does it was, work <laughs> so i had i have this it's a sci-fi right so i have like these cars that are in vehicles and stuff that are supposed to be electromagnetically like they don't there's no friction it's supposed to be like the mag trains but their car is like on a road and someone was like um excuse me this is not physics and I was like oh shit you're right my wife would be so mad if she knew that I did this because you can't have something electromagnetic just riding over a thing because it would just push off and go off of the magnet thing because that's how magnets work um <laughs> and I was I like you. Fuck, you're so right so disbelief of like you have you have broken their suspension of disbelief in your story and now you need to go back and fix um fix it so that you're not they're not falling out of your story and being like wait a second this doesn't work um you're making them question the the physics of your world or like your magic system or their sanity yeah (laughs) like (laughs) or how quickly they've fallen in love you're breaking the reader's suspension of disbelief and now they're out of your story and you don't want that you want them to be totally absorbed in your story and to stay up all night reading it until they finish it because isn't that everybody's life goal um so your symptoms are it's awesome then you probably don't need to fix it they're bored it's a pacing issue they're confused which means your information is out of order or they you have broken their suspension of disbelief and you need to fix something technical in your world uh, or whatever is going on um yeah everybody's still with me yep yeah yay we're getting there we're on the second side of the card so then you also need to pay attention to your reactions to your beta readers comments so if your your reaction is dope like oh yeah you're so right obviously you see the problem right away and you need to fix it. If your reaction to their critique is, I see what you mean, but that means that they have a diagnosing issue or you had a diagnosing issue. And so it's like, 
you're right, there is a symptom here, there's a problem, but it's not this problem that you think it is, it's actually this problem. So it was misdiagnosed, but you can still find some other way to fix it. Um, if your reaction is no, this is where you get to throw out your beta readers critique and say, they want you to write a different story. Um, and you're not going to write a different story because that's not this story. So if I went and told Maggie or, you know, you were talking about the homophobes who were critiquing your book and Wattpad groups who were saying, well, I don't want to read this book because it's queer. Obviously, your reaction is no, I'm not going to write a straight story just because you're a homophobe. Um, <laughs> this exactly. is a story. Go away. So that's your no reaction. Um, they want you to write a different story and you don't need to change it because it's your story and screw them. Um, and if your reaction to their critique is WTF, uh, you, you're not understanding how they got to this confusion. So you need to go back to them and say, I don't really understand this feedback that you're giving me. Can you tell me more? And then you can kind of communicate and work it out together of uh, how do I obviously have a problem here? How do I fix it? Like, what's the actual problem? Let's work through this together and figure out what's actually going on. <laughs> so yeah, communicate with your beta readers. Um, yeah, everybody good? Yeah, although I will add one thing to that. If you have a reaction that's like, oh man, then it means you're right, but like, is it that big of a deal because like I'm so close to the end and I'm so lazy and like yeah I kind of like I see where you're coming from but like is it really worth the effort mm -hmm. is that a deal breaker that's just up to you that's just yeah. you being able to say eh you're right but eh it can stay yeah. there because a lot of the times like you know, like, you're right, but, like, it's not that big of a deal, and I guarantee you nobody else will even notice. Yeah. And I have yeah. so many other things that I should be doing right now. And when you have 20 beta readers and only one of them says, oh, well, this person's hair should be behind their left ear and not their right ear, like, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> nobody else cared. I'm not yeah. Um. Yeah, because sometimes, like, they're right, but, like, so? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> now, sometimes that is just laziness, and when you put it away, then you come back to it, you're like, okay, you're right, I gotta fix it. But a lot of the times, it's just like, what? What the fuck ever? I, like, you know, I just cannot be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's her Mary Robinette Kowal's guide to manuscript critiques. She also has one final section on things not to do as a writer. I think these are very helpful. Don't apologize for things um, unless you've like offended somebody somehow like someone said, wow, this is really racist, then that's probably a good moment to apologize and be like, oh my god, I'm so, so sorry that I offended you this way. That's different. That's just being a human being. But don't apologize for, like, um, other other things, like, oh, well, you should have used and here instead of but. Like, don't apologize for that. It's just an oopsies. Just, just move on with your life. Oh, thanks. You're right. Here we go. Fixed it. Moving on. 
So don't apologize for your writing. It's your writing. Whatever. Move on with your life. Fix it. Unless, like I said, you were maybe a shitty person, then that's a different story. <laughs> you can definitely apologize for being a shit person. Apologize that... for being a shitty person. Maybe apologize maybe for being a shit person often and regularly. Yeah. And then maybe stop being a shit person. Please also stop being a shit, at least try to stop being a shit person. <laughs> for everybody's sake. Oh, Ooh. boy. Moral high moral lessons from the pod. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> where are we going with our lives? I don't know. Um, uh, don't explain yourself away. So if they have a reaction like, oh, well, this isn't science, don't go to the don't go to them and say well yes it is because blah 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 and here's this research that i did on blah 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 they don't care just say oh oh yeah don't be that person yeah don't go fight with your beta readers like you can just say you don't even have to say anything to them you can just ignore that they said it and move on with your life instead of picking fight with people that you don't need to pick um and also if you're going and explaining yourself away then they can't give you a fresh reaction of like oh, well, this isn't working for me. Obviously, you have a problem. There's a symptom. You need to figure out how to fix it. Um, yeah, so don't don't explain yourself away. If you need, unless the only time you should really be responding to your beta readers is if you need more direction on what they're confused about um, or what isn't working for them. Uh, and don't argue with them. Again, kind of the same vein. Their, their reactions are valid and honest and they are true. If they're having a reaction to something, it's because something's not working for them. And it's up to you to decide if it's if the beta reader is the problem or if your writing is the problem or if something else outside of that moment where they had the reaction is the problem. But you don't need to go argue with them about, oh no, you're wrong. This isn't confusing because it's just their honest reaction. <laughs> That's like saying someone's feelings aren't valid and we all know that people's feelings are valid. And that comes back to like checking your ego at the door. Mm-hmm. Like, just let it go. Yeah. Um, so when you're, yeah, that's your don'ts as a writer. Don't apologize. Don't try to explain things away and don't argue with your beta readers. Um, and remember that they're giving you honest, uh, hopefully intentionally helpful critiques of your work, often out of the goodness of their heart. Um, and they're just going to save you pain and heartache down the line if you address those issues that people are having before you publish it and throw it out into the world. And then you really start having problems because people are like, well, I paid for this book and I want my money back because of WTF. Um, yeah, so, yeah, your manuscript, even though you know what you intended, your reader may not know what you intended, and if you're not getting your intent across, then that's what your beta readers are there for, is to help you make your intent known. So there, yay, communication. Ding! Ding. That was a good way just to, like, summarize the whole purpose of a beta reader yeah um so athena it looks like you got some good listener questions there yes well um so me and mead asked 
what makes a good beta reader. So I think we kind of covered that, right? Yeah. Give, yeah. Give symptoms for sure. If you can give a diagnosis and they, uh, what was the, la- the, the prescription can be helpful, but just know that it's up to the writer whether or not they want to use those the way that you have prescribed and or diagnosed. Yeah, yeah. a good beta reader is someone who understands like that they're not, that understands how to give feedback that is going to be helpful to the writer, which is vague. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Be helpful. Be Don't helpful. be unhelpful. That's the whole point. <laughs> be honest. Yeah. And don't be like, oh, well, I, and so like, we were having this conversation with Ray one day where she was like, I don't know how honest I want to be with my feedback right now. And we were like, look, here's the deal. This person came to you and asked you to beta read and like, they wouldn't have come to you if they didn't want you to be honest. And if they can't handle you being honest, like maybe they shouldn't be writing anyways. So just go for it. Don't be hurtful, but be honest, and ta-da. Everybody will be happy. Communicate. Yes. Yay. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) You guys. Are we all so, um, people? That's what we're all about. Yeah. Uh, There was another, uh, I was going to say reader question, Maggie. Um, Listener (laughs) question. Um, so Casey Bach-Reynolds, who always has amazing questions for us, um, she said, can you explain the difference between an alpha reader and a beta reader and maybe talk about the time commitments that go into each? So for me, like by my definition, which I think is probably a lot of people's definition, is that alpha readers kind of, they read it before you think it's done. So a beta reader is when you've done everything you can, you think you're finished, you've just, you're fit, you're done. This is the best you can make it. Then they tell you what's wrong with it so you can go and fix it. Whereas alpha readers read the really rough draft and you're like, I don't think this is good at all. I just don't know why it's not working. Like, I don't want to put the polish. I don't want to polish it and I don't want to do the finishing touches because what if I think I have to do it this way and I write the entire last half wrong because something in the middle doesn't work. Yeah, you, know? you don't want to like put in the time to finish working on the piece when you know that something about this particular part is going to just hack everything up. Yep. So basically an alpha reader is really generalized. This is good or this is bad. And beta reader is more specific, like, oh, what did you mean here? Because I don't get it. Or like, what is this thing? Or Yeah, like they, they help at different stages. Alpha readers help help while you're still kind of figuring it out and you still think it's trash. Whereas beta readers, you think it's good, they'll tell you it's not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think, yeah, time, time commitments. I think alpha readers are probably more, more time consuming because either you're sending it to them chapter by chapter or you're asking them a billion questions as you write it. Um, you're giving them a really, really rough draft so they have to kind of like work their way through it. Whereas beta readers are basically reading a finished book. It's easy enough for them to just, you know, read it with an eye towards what's wrong. But in the end, like it's, it's a finished book. Oh, that's interesting. I never would have, I would have thought that alpha reading would be easier because you can just breeze through and be like, uh, no, sorry, Athena, I hated this. No, see, because I feel like alpha (laughs) reading, alpha reading, just because by the nature, it's such a rougher draft, you kind of have to like go, 
<laughs> yeah. All right. Well, all right, really... girl. Let me tell you something. Interesting. <laughs> That's, I like, I like that insight. I learned a thing. And not that I haven't learned other things, but yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And I think uh, she asked, talk about what reader personalities or traits make a good beta reader. And I think we kind of talked about that. You have to be honest, Mm -hmm. but also like tactful, fair, fair, tactful, honest. Um, Yeah. You also, beta readers also have to check their ego at the door because it's like, just remember that this person, like Maggie said, this person may just say, I don't actually want your feedback. I'm just here to check off my box or like, uh, I see what you're saying, but no. Um, so you also have to check your ego at the door of like, you, you're going through and giving this feedback. Just know that the author may or may not use it. Yep. And that's okay. It's not your problem. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> yeah. You did your job. They can go do theirs. Walk away. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, Oh, she also had one more thing. I guess this might be something that happens a lot um, if she's asking about it. Um, like over committing, even if you really want a beta for your favorite. Um, I guess there's probably a lot of readers who would love to read all of their favorite authors. But if you don't have the time or like the energy to properly be a beta reader and give like full feedback and actually get it back in time, you probably shouldn't be offering. Yeah. yeah big time and i mean people understand like i think we all know when we send out stuff to beta readers like a few of these people aren't ever going to get back to me and that's you know maybe i won't ask them to beta read next time um but i think we all understand that like sometimes people say yes and then they don't realize how busy they were or something comes up and that's fine um and also like if people when we're talking about good beta readers if like being a good author if someone can't beta read for you especially if you're not paying them don't be like hey wtf where's my manuscript hey like just just let it go (laughs) people have lives too don't nag just you know yeah just remember yeah that's a good another good reason for having multiple beta readers yeah have many (laughs) when somebody (laughs) you know, can't quite make it, then you're not left in a lurch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't put everything on one person because that sucks to be that one person. Cool. Yeah, those yeah. are good questions. Yeah, Casey always has amazing questions. Thanks, Casey. Rock on, Casey. And Mia, thanks for asking listener questions. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Cool. At least your Facebook group is helpful. Our Twitter followers are all just quiet over there. Mm. Aww. Sorry, Twitter. Well, because Twitter is hard because if they miss it, then, like, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. And also, we just asked, like, an hour ago. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. We love you, Twitter <laughs> listeners. I'm kidding. I'm not actually shitting on you. We love you all. I'm just, I'm just being a dick because I haven't had any sleep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, that's yeah. super fun note. <laughs> <laughs> At least we're not as bad as my, I've been listening to my favorite movie a lot. So now it's my turn to word vomit about my favorite movie. I'll take it yes. on this podcast. <laughs> like, at least we're not ending on, well, everybody died and it was really sad. And now the end. Here's the thing. <laughs> Fuck everyone. <laughs> God, I love that podcast. God, Elvis, do you want a cookie? 
God, I was listening to a really ah! depressing episode, and that was amazing. Thanks. That was really good. <laughs> I practice my Elvis all the time. <laughs> You're an Elvis impersonator. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck. Um. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Did um. Did we have any shout outs or anything? Ooh, oh, shout out. oh, oh! Look at that. Did you hear that? Yeah, yeah. We have our own Elvis. We have That's right. Hastings broke into the room. Nope. Take that, Karen and Georgia. Mm-hmm. I love you, <laughs> Georgia. Please be my moms. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, uh, shout outs. Um, well, I guess I'll give another shout out to Mary Robinette Kowal, who put together this um, wonderful card that I told you all about, about manuscript critiques um i got lots of really good writing tips from her from this workshop this was not the only thing we talked about we also talked about um how to deal with your own uh like reactions when you're revising or even as you're writing like if you're bored or you're dithering or blah 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 i got a bunch of notes on that stuff from her too so go check out her patreon patreon.com slash mary uh, that's R-O-B-I-N-E-T-T-E, um, and Mary with a Y, Mary Robinette. Nice. Um, and I will put her on the resources page. Uh, she has lots of wonderful writing tips, so go check out her Patreon. You can also find her on Twitter. I believe it's, oh, damn, I have to go find her. Look, look what I did. Mary Robinette at Mary Robinette. Aha. Same thing. So Mary Robinette on Patreon and on Twitter. Nice. She's wonderful. And she's also a puppeteer, a professional puppeteer. So that. Oh, that's her. okay. I know exactly who you're talking about now. Apparently her. Yeah. I heard great things about her. She is a delight. Check her out. Oh, fun. Um, my shout out <laughs> Uh, the reason I even brought up shout, brought up shout outs is because you were talking about MFM because my shout out goes to all the murderinos out there and um, you know who are in, in the process right now of celebrating um, uh-huh. because if you're not familiar if you're not a murderino slash not someone following true crime um, this past week oh god um, California police brought in the uh, they they caught the Golden State Killer who Ooh. has like an obscene amount of uh, formerly known as the East area rapist and the um, original night stalker. This is somebody who was active in the seventies and eighties and just like terrorized the state of California. And so this is for murderinos and fans of my favorite murder and true crime. This is a huge, huge win. And I like every other murderino out there had been reading the uh, late Michelle McNamara's book. um, I'll be gone in the dark. Uh, She passed away right before she, well, in the process of writing it. So her husband, Patton Oswald and a couple of other amazing people came together to pull it together to get it published. Um, and it is phenomenal. If you are someone who would like to dip their toes into true crime or into nonfiction, I can't recommend this book enough. This book is so beautifully written. And I know that sounds really weird given the, the subject matter, but Michelle McNamara, I wish I could have known her. She's such a good reader. She's so thorough or not reader, but probably a great reader too. Um, such a great writer. 
And at the beginning, she talks about how when she was a kid, she would sign all of her diary entries, Michelle, the writer. She was one of those, like, knew what she wanted to do from childhood and just, she's so good. Um, she has done some really amazing, amazing work. And so if you haven't read it yet and you're thinking, I'd like to give it a, I'd like to give some true crime stuff a shot or just, I'd like to read more nonfiction, pick it up, totally worth it. And then exciting because it's a different story now. There's an ending. And it's a good one, so yay. That's my shout out. Rock on Murderinos. Oh god. <laughs> Score one for Murderinos. Yes. And that's all I got. That's it. Anything else? Anybody else? Athena? What about you, Athena? Uh, <laughs> can you follow that act? No. You cannot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think I have any shout outs. I'm sorry. I don't interact <laughs> with humans. Oh. So <laughs> that's, that's okay. No, it's like Sunday is our thing for the week and then we all go hide in our corners again and never talk to people ever again. I also like the fact that we're always like, oh, I hope this is a, enough to fill an entire topic with every every time we come up with something. Um, Here we our, are an hour and a half later. An hour and a half later, we should, yeah. <laughs> we did it and then some. <laughs> yeah, thanks for sticking with us for this long, but hopefully very helpful podcast. I was pretty proud of like, I have legit resources to share with people today. Like, you did whoa. it. We are almost just the podcast instead of the work in progress podcast i don't what would we even be if we weren't in progress i don't know yeah exactly we can't we can't be too too uh put together because then we're not a work in progress anymore maybe we'll get some questions for some ask me anything questions and we can just do a drunk sloppy episode next week and we'll feel better (laughs) give us the questions we want the questions which reminds me i have to post that on my social asking people to ask me things do it yeah. do it yeah because yeah, apparently that. your people are the ones who have the questions so <laughs> yeah May- why am i not posting on my facebook page? why aren't you I have a facebook page what the hell is wrong with me figure it it's out because i kind of hate facebook but i don't hate my writing facebook page it's like the only part of facebook that i don't hate and my dance page i also have a dance page there you go post yeah. it on that too i will not <laughs> <laughs> people will be like what <laughs> You write uh, stuff? You have a podcast? What's a podcast? I got that question this week. And I had to explain what a podcast was. Hastings, do you have anything to add before we wrap up? No? Oh, I have one shout out. What? So my friend, um, he is also a writer, Dylan Madley. He writes um, fantasy and he sent me a link to a really cool opportunity that I don't want to talk about yet because it might not come to fruition, but I want to thank him because it's so cool and I really want it to happen. So. Way to tease us. Oh. Sorry. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. So yeah, I like, I like it when author friends help author friends. It's like, a, yeah, it's right. a good, com- authors are a good community. A good bunch. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. authors, for being awesome. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, on that note, we're the Whip Podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to us. Uh, you can find us in pretty much all your favorite podcast places. Um, it sure helps us out a lot when you do so. And we just get 
filled with warm fuzzies when we see happy reviews of our podcast. So feel free to shower us with your praise. <laughs> I'm a Leo. <laughs> um, if we have said anything that rubbed you the wrong way or you were like, mm, no, that's not correct. Feel free to drop us a line and be like, mm, no, we're happy to hear your feedback and be better people as we have told you to do in this episode. Um, and what am I missing? Um, tweet us. Oh yeah. Tweet oh. us at the whip pod. Email okay. us at talk to whip at gmail.com. Say anything. Well, most anything. If we find you to be inappropriate. Uh, ask us questions ask us questions like good questions or fun questions we'll be happy to answer cool beans good job team we did it go team Woo! yay all right we'll talk to you next week yeah yes bye bye, bye.